Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. What's up, SDS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guests in all of true crime. Uh, this is live coverage and analysis of a we are covering. It is the Shanna Gardner Fernandez case. She is the one-time uh, St. Augustine mother uh, who is accused now of masterminding the murder for hire of her ex-husband, Jared. And uh, Tim Jansen, how are you this morning? I'm great. Happy Friday to you and to the viewers. Happy Friday to everyone out there. Uh, dealing with a little bit of a, uh, a needling Wi-Fi issue, so hopefully this is uh, not going to be a problem, but it, people are hearing me right now and uh, going to make sure that the COE and I uh, are plugged in on a hard wire moving forward. Um, there is a pool camera once again for this, so that is where we will be taking it from, and uh, proceedings are set to start at 9 a.m. from what I understand, so just about seven minutes from now, uh, we should see Shanna Gardner in court. And what's interesting about this, we're also going to see her husband, Mario Fernandez Saldana, who she took off from and left to Washington State. Tim Jansen, explain to the audience um, when and why do you see two defendants at one time, I know, for instance, in the Lori Vallow Daybell case, yep. they were talking about trying her and Chad Daybell, and then they severed it ultimately. Uh, but what's going on here? Well, in the Daybell case, they had what's called Bruton problems. They had some statements and evidence that were admissible against one, but not against the other. And that's a reason you sever trials. This case, they're charged as co-defendants. So normally, uh, even though it's probably her first or second appearance, uh, they, they track them, case managements and tracking purposes. They'll be co-defendants. They'll be in the courtroom at the same time. My, I'm curious to know if um, if Mario is in the working out a deal because, you know, they got to get that next the next step. They got to go from Tenon to Shanna, right? They already, already can show from Shanna or from Tenon to Mario. But how, what did they do? What did they get? that they decided five months later to indict Shanna. So there might have been some conversations. There might have been proffers. We don't know, but they maybe haven't worked out a plea deal yet. And you bring up an interesting point. So the connection here uh, is the now admitted hitman because he cut a deal with the state, as we were talking about the other night. Yep. Uh, his name is Henry Tenen, uh, and he was allegedly renting a home from um, – Mario Fernandez Saldana. So he's connected, as you said, to Fernandez Saldana, but he's not necessarily connected yet to Shanna Gardner. So you're saying that's what the is now they've got to, to basically plug that hole. Well, it took them, I think, five months between the time they arrested Mario to the time they arrested Shanna. So what occurred in those five months? Uh, Mario's looking at the death penalty. So if he's got smart lawyers good lawyers who are looking out for him, you're trying to get the best deal you can get um, because you already know that Tenon's already flipped on you, right? So the last one to the trough usually doesn't feed very well. 
And I, I, he's probably in a good position, especially when he got arrested. She left. She fled, left him. So and I don't think it's a longstanding love, love relationship. Uh, my uh, clad games. Always good to see Tim. Love his commentary. There you go. You're getting some right now. Uh, so the charges here are uh, murder. Uh, obviously, uh, I believe conspiracy is one of the charges and facing, uh, as you said, death sentences. We talked about this the other night. Um, you don't think that uh, ultimately that the, the death penalty would be meted out. But still, this is the most serious of, of cases possible. Right, Tim? Well, you know, Monica has a lot of experience in death cases, and, and we've had a lot of cases here where they've charged death, but they, I, I only know of one case where they got death here. Um, it's hard to get the death penalty. It really is. Um, and now they're tinkering with the Supreme Court has a rule that's unconstitutional. Then the governor passed legislation to make it eight to four. That's going to be, they don't even have jury instructions. Um, it's really complicated. Even if they have it, um, a lot of times the state will, charge death and ask you to um, waive, waive the 12-person jury, right? They don't want 12 persons to have to convict you. They only want six. So they put the death on the table. They'll take it off if you, uh, if you agree to go to less than 12. So it's a, it's a, it's a card game, really. Um, yeah. Getting 12 people to agree to anything is not as easy as getting six, right? So yeah, especially on a death case, it's really hard to do that. And you see it a lot of times. Sometimes you see, I see, I'm like, that's not a death penalty case. Or I see first degree murder. That's not a first degree murder case. But they overcharge and they try to get you to work out a resolution a lot of times. Hmm. So the obvious other big thing here is um, two defendants. So two sets of attorneys yeah. Uh, Saldana is represented by a different attorney. I don't have the name right in front of me, but how does that, you know, how does that affect the playing field when you've got a real high profile attorney like Jose Baez on one side and then you're going to have some basically known attorney? It could be a great attorney, but not a high profile attorney of the same stature of a Ho yeah. Jose Baez. How does that affect sort of the chemistry of the of the courtroom? Well, you know, you're, you're on a team. It's like any team sport, right? Um you really aren't a team. You're an individual. Your client. You're representing your client. Um, the lawyers could have problems. They don't get along, or they have competing interests. Um, I would say that he's probably got a public defender. I don't think he's got the funds to hire a lawyer. So he's going to have very experienced death penalty qualified public defenders or court appointed lawyers. Um, they're going to do their thing. Um, sometimes the lawyers don't share information. You might have what's called, you know, a legal defense agreement, but, you know, it's only as good as the paper it's written on until you get the deal, right? Um, if you have a defense agreement, an agreement between the lawyers, we're going to not do anything or we're going to share, you have to notify the other lawyers if you're no longer sharing and you may be working with the government. You have to notify them. So Baez will probably find out pretty quickly if this Mario and his lawyers are no longer part of the team. And they would probably like it if they, well, they probably would like it if they still were part of the team because Mario probably could give the evidence that's most damaging to Shanna. 
And uh, we should be seeing a stream, uh, hopefully momentarily. Um, I think it is Action uh, Action News in Jacksonville is the pool camera for this. Um, and we are going to be tapping into their um, stream, into their uh, pool camera here. So uh, we are just waiting on that momentarily. Someone says it's 5.57 in the morning. Got to be coming to us from the uh, Pacific Coast. Happy 4 a.m. to Catherine Regier. I don't know if she ever sleep. Wow. In Maui. Uh, so that's interesting. But so, Tim, it it is interesting. So I believe Henry Tenen, the admitted trigger man, and Mario Fernandez Saldana were arrested on the actually on the same day. And I want to say it was in February. And then Shannon was arrested uh, in August, just this past yeah. August. So that is about five or six months. Right. Um, again, tell us what, what was going on behind the scenes during those five or six months as uh, this was winding its way through the courts. Well, it's 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 a time of misery for Shanna because she doesn't know what's going on. Um, Mario's in custody, and his lawyers are they're, they're getting their first chance to talk to the prosecutor, see what deal can be worked out. They are get, probably getting some discovery from the state so they can see how strong the case is against him. They're probably getting the proffer or the the agreement that Tenen gave, so they're going to tell him what Tenen's going to say. Um, you know, I, I heard some shows, different shows talk about, well, you show communications between tenants. Right. There could be communications. You're a good tenant. But you don't usually have the tenant paying the, the I mean, the landlord paying the tenant, right? Usually the yeah. tenant pays the landlord money. So when you have checks going the other direction, that's a red flag, or we say in the bad fact category. And yeah. Uh, they have to know he's not going to be able to explain why he's paying the tenant to live there unless he's going to say he's doing custodial work. Um, and there's always people can always come up with something, but it's not always believable. And he's probably yeah, and we don't know. We don't know the we don't know the amount of those checks either. Right. Right. And it's checks, not not a check. It's kind of checks again, just like in the Adelson case, you got checks, checks going from. That's, you know, it's just amazing. These people are not very bright, just not very bright. Yeah. I don't know what, uh, what they're thinking. Um, cutting checks when, you know, uh, <laughs> when, when, you know, uh, eventually if you're going to get caught, that's going to be a, uh, an obvious, um, so this court this morning, action. probably. I'm just keeping it. Be- I'm just keeping an eye on the stream. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Tim. So the court this morning is probably going to not be, not be very eventful. They'll have the lawyers for each party. Um, and then the judge is going to say, okay, where are we on this? Do we have it? Are we going to set it for a date? What do we look like? Um, yeah. So you death, death qualified people. Do you have discovery? Maybe Mario lawyers will say something like, maybe they'll give a tip today. Maybe they'll get a hint judge judge. We, we, we expect to uh, enter a plea or we don't expect to go to trial a tip like that. Um, now, remember, they still have a pending motion to recuse the prosecutors for leaking or, or getting attorney-client information. Um, I don't know if that's been ruled on. That might still be pending. They may address that today. Um, but they certainly could try to use that. Here's the problem you have. I'm going to piss you off and say you guys violated the law, 
At the same time, I'm going to try to get the best deal I can from you. So it's a it's a fine line. You want to have a little leverage, but you don't want to get to the point where they say, screw you, we don't need you. Um, and sometimes you walk right up to that edge where you get the best deal you can get, then you go back to your client, and hopefully your client will agree um, to move forward. I don't know their lawyers, uh, but I'm sure they're very experienced if they're appointed on a murder case, death penalty case. And, and what's interesting about that, you know, we're covering the Brian Koberger case out of Moscow, Idaho, and that is a death penalty case. And Ann Taylor is the public defender there. But in the entire state of Idaho, I think there's only about 11 death penalty um, attorneys. Do you have any idea yep. how many there are in Florida? Is it, is it easy to find? I mean, there's, I, I imagine it's a much easier in Florida than it is in Idaho. It is. And I've had people come to me and want me to represent them on murder cases like this. And then it gets moved to a death penalty case and I'm not death qualified. So I have to have them either waive death qualified or bring in death qualified. And I have a case where I'm second chair um, because I'm not death qualified. Um, and there's a good reason for that, because there are some things you need to know, and they don't want cases being overturned because you certainly have a right to your lawyer. You always have a right to have your own lawyer, and you can represent yourself, but they're going to make sure the record is clear. You do it knowingly, and it's not going to be an appellate issue. Um, KCL here, who's on top of this case, and, and we're, we're monitoring this. This was supposed to begin at 9 a.m., obviously. It hasn't started yet, and uh, we're watching both Court TV and uh, the Fox station out of Jacksonville because uh, they're going to have the pool camera. Uh, but KCL here says charges for uh, both Mario and Shannon is first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, so to commit murder, and child abuse. Uh, Tim, why are there always like these, you know, multiple charges? Is that in an effort that in case one, you know, they can't, they can't convict on one that there's other charges sort of, a, is, is it a kind a of a backstop measure? It's a catch-all, and it also sends a message to the jury. This is a really bad person. Not only did he kill somebody, he conspired to do it, he solicited to do it, and, and he abused children. Usually all those, you, you throw all that taint up there and a juror looks at that and say, oh man, this is a really bad person. And they usually do it from the most serious to the least serious. Um, killing him with the child in the back seat, knowing the child is there and watching the child, watching the child, the father die is child abuse. That's clearly, uh, I think there's facts to support it. Mm. Uh, here's a question. From, I'm sorry, Tim. Here's a question from True Blue for you. How do you decide which cases to take or not, other than whether or not they are cases? Um, well, sometimes you don't know if it's a death penalty case. And in fact, um, usually you know because its aggravating factors are so bad. Um, and you don't get a lot of death penalty cases in Tallahassee. Um, so I haven't had a lot of them, but I did have one where the, the defendant had a lot of mental health issues, severe mental health issues. And the state thought it was a death penalty case, and it really isn't. And the client is still in Chattahoochee. He's not competent to proceed. Um, so, and, and the other thing on death penalty cases, really, True Blue, these people don't have the money and the resources. And you almost tell them, go to the public defender because they'll get you all your experts 
all your mitigation people, they'll, they'll all be done for you. Now, I could take a case, and I do take cases sometimes, where murder cases where the I get retained, but not enough for all these experts, and then I get them uh, considered indigent for costs, and then I get the court to appoint my experts, and I have a first-degree murder case where they're doing that because it was they just can't pay, and if you don't provide experts and you're doing inefficient counsel. Uh, your dog, uh, Gen X Granny's got good ears because I'm in the home studio and Ethel is going crazy, probably over the mailman. So it uh, wouldn't be a show if there wasn't a dog barking on STS, but nevertheless, it is happening. Um, and KCL point, uh, which is interesting, not only that, but the child abuse charge supposedly negates spousal privilege. Is that correct, Tim? Not only that, the child abuse charge negates spousal abuse. Um, you know, Casey, I'll, I don't know that question. Spousal abuse privilege, um, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I'll have to look that up. I've never had that come up. So everybody learned something today. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Tim Jansen learning. Uh and uh, someone here, it's Ethel. I just spelled it for everyone. And then, uh, hello, who decides whether it is a death penalty case or not? I assume that the state makes that decision, that the prosecutors, the, the state attorney's office. Is that right, Tim? That is right. That would be the elected state attorney would have to file notice, say, seeking death. Uh, this court uh, and this judge is be very prompt. I don't know if they've switched the hearing time to 930. If so, that'll be about 20 minutes from now. We're keeping an eye on it, uh, both on Core TV and the local station uh, who are taking the pool camera and neither of them are in it. So that leads me to believe it is not happening. So uh, and we are new to. We are new to covering uh, these types of hearings, but we're going to continue to do it. Uh, Joel, your audio freezes up for a second. My Wi-Fi is tinkering a little bit, and uh, the COE has explicit directions. My first call after this is going to be to our uh, Wi-Fi carrier. Uh, we're going to get a uh, system. Uh, it's going to take a couple of days, but uh, working on all that to uh, fix that, fix uh, the kinks. Um, and I was just looking at KCL's comment here. Um, so one of the other interesting things here, Tim Jansen, and please explain what this means is, and you see here, True Lifestyles, a friend of the show who lives in Jacksonville, knows yep. his case and has her own YouTube channel. Jesse Dreiker, if I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right, but maybe I am, is Mario's attorney. Mm -hmm. He's asking for new prosecutors. What is the strategy in asking for an entire new team and the way I understood it, it was because the defense uh, had released some information so I, I don't fully understand it well what happened was the actual the state inadvertently obtained attorney client information and it wasn't separated what they call a taint team they've got separate lawyers who look at stuff not the lawyers on the case trying the case so they won't have privileged information about strategy and stuff like that because even if you say you don't want them to know that because that's Ill improper they were saying they're so tainted that you need to get a whole new team they got attorney client privilege by mistake or by accident and we're not going to get a fair trial 
they're going to know our strategy or conversations. They certainly can't use them, but you know, if you know what they're going to do, it certainly gives them an advantage. Kind of like the Michigan case, you know, if they know the yeah. signals. I don't know if that's a good thing to bring that in. <laughs> Meve, Meve may not like that. Um, it's it's kind of like that. A, yeah, it's sensitive for Steve Cohen. They feel like it's it's cheating. They're cheating. The prosecutor cheated by getting this attorney-client information. Um, I would be doing the yeah. same thing, tell you the truth. If I knew that the prosecutors had gotten attorney-client information, I would try to conflict them off, saying that you can't erase the taint. You can't take it back. They're going to know attorney-client um, and for the process. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm sure they're hoping for a delay. Maybe they want to get different prosecutors. Maybe they want to get a prosecutor from a different office. So what happens if they're conflicted off, sometimes the governor has to appoint executive and appointments. But you can get more lenient prosecutors who don't live there and you might be able to get a better deal. Uh, and there you see it. We've got uh, Space Coast. Shout out, Huge shout out to Space Coast. By the way, it's uh, 6.13 in the morning in L.A., but he is up. And uh, as you can see, we've got a uh, courtroom feed now uh, from the great state of Florida. You see the seal there. This is a pretrial for Shanna Gardner and Mario Fernandez Saldana. Uh, we're going to listen in just like we were doing with the Adelson case. Once the judge is in there, uh, Debbie Blair, Tim Jansen, is there a time frame by which they have to file for the death penalty? Um, they they just have to give them a notice in writing. Certainly got to do it long before the trial gets to a phase that they're not put on notice and that the lawyers are death qualified lawyers. I don't know if there's a specific time. Uh, there may be by statute, uh, but there certainly is the court will require them to give advance notice early in the case so that the parties can get appropriate counsel. Hmm. Uh, again, I apologize if there's a little bit of a stutter. It's just uh, it's Wi-Fi on my end, which there's really nothing I can do about. Uh, but hopefully it, it it will clean itself out. And uh, thank you to Casey. Yeah, look at this. It's pronounced Jesse. Dreiser, 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 Jesse Dreiser. That is the attorney for Mario Fernandez, Saldana, Jesse Dreiser. It's uh, nice having KCL. She's got a lot of the inside information. Yeah, out. KCL knows this case inside out. Yeah. Um, and here's True Lifestyles. Get the best information. I'm sitting outside the courtroom with some media and family. It is running late. Uh, unusual, because uh, as far as I know, this judge is extremely prompt. Tim Jansen, what what are reasons that uh, hearings run late? What are some of the reasons? Oh. Attorneys are running late. Will the judge get annoyed if Jose Baez is stuck in traffic? Is that something that will really irritate the judge? Normally, um, something could have happened to the judge. Um, he could have had another hearing. Uh, but you're right. Normally, there, judges have their idiosyncrasies. You know the ones that show up five minutes before time. You know the ones that says 9 o'clock, he walks in at 10 after with his coffee. Hey, good morning, everybody. How you doing? And so you know to make sure you're not late for the tough judges, and you can swander in when uh, the judge is much more relaxed. Uh, judge Everett uh, is question. much more relaxed normally. Um, oh yeah, but he is. Yeah, he's much more relaxed. Judge was Hankinson was not. Hankinson was like, you came in late, and if he called your case, he he would let you know why were you late. He was. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was a tough. Hankinson was a tough judge. He really was. How ner- how nerve wracking is that for? You? I never felt lawyers. comfortable walking in his courtroom. Never. And I used to work with Jimmy at federal prosecutors. When I was transferring to Tampa, he was coming in to the office and was a federal prosecutor for a while, but I never felt comfortable walking in his courtroom. He was a tough judge. Off the bench, great judge, great guy. Wow, interesting. Uh, Martha Nicholson, and, and I'm, again, I'm keeping an eye on the feed, and, and I'm seeing a live view up there, which means there's some sort, we're not the only ones, there's some sort of uh, transmission issue going on uh trying four feet it was up for a little while uh so uh space coast letting everybody know that it is very noisy so uh he's keeping it muted until they fix their audio now i'm seeing uh again this live view i'll show you what i'm talking about right here real quick i'm gonna pop it up space coast uh you see that that means that they're working and you see those green numbers there's some sort of transmission issue going on well, the uh, people judge, in the control you know, the room. judge might have issues with the transport of these inmates, male and female. They also judge might because you know it's a it's a media case. They usually let the media cases go first so they can get the cameras out of the courtroom. So that's probably what they're doing, and they're telling the judge you're having issues with the camera. And the judge may say, hey, "Let me know when everything's ready. I'll go on the bench." Um, so it's mm-hmm. unusual. It's probably a high profile case. Probably a big high profile. I don't know how long this judge has been on the bench. Uh, but it's clearly going to be one of the biggest ones in his career. Thank, thank God again for KCL. The judge is London Kite. <laughs> Love that name, Judge Kite. She's nicknamed. <laughs> she's nicknamed the Black Widow by those who've had her who get convicted. That's a tough, um, you don't want to go before the Black Widow. I can tell you that. <laughs> Tim, do, do a lot of judges have nicknames like this? Yes. The people they do. They do. They do. They do. Um, so there was a judge in Miami and she convicted a guy and she gave him life and she stood up. Her name was Judge Morphonius, Maximum Morphonius. She stood up, lifted her leg, showed her thigh and said, this is the last female thigh you're ever going to see and gave him life in prison. <laughs> that's yeah, that's so Miami. I'm, some of these judges, you're right. They're characters. Wow. What's her name? Morphonius? It was Judge Morphonius. And her son was really? a lawyer. I knew her son. Um, Maximum Morphonius. Wow. That was her name. What a name. Maximum. <laughs> and Jimmy, what Jimmy a name. Hankinson got known. Um, hang, hang, him, hang him Hankinson. <laughs> and, and Brian Winchester, when he testified, he made the smirk. He goes, yeah, who's your judge? I got hang him. Hankinson, Hankinson, look down and smile at him during the trial. It was, um, Jimmy was known as a tough judge. No doubt about it. Well, um, Emily Winesap here. Keep in mind, they're bringing in two defendants plus attorneys for this hearing. Lots of working parts. That is true. That might. That could be it. Why why there's a delay. Um, Space Coast is keeping a close eye. I can see, uh, you guys can't see it, but I can see it. And, uh, there's still that live view sign up from the uh, pool camera. So um, that means there's either some kind of transmission issue or they're purposely not going to uh, the hearing yet. It could be that they pushed it back to 930. 
If anyone is seeing the hearing, which I don't think is possible because I'm looking at it right now. And uh, again, that transmission sign is up. Let me know, you know, if you're if you're watching it on some other channel, which would be next to impossible because the one that we're monitoring is the camera, which means that they're feeding it to all the other media outlets. Uh, Tracy Cromwell, I love your show. I listen every day. Uh, I love the name London for the uh, judge, London Kite. Uh, so just looking through the comments. Uh, Mish Cavernos, incredulous about the name, coming to us from uh, Cape Town, South Africa. KCL again, Kirsten Bridegan, Jared's widow, is not at court today because they're feeling under the weather. Saw it on her Instagram page. That's interesting. KCL must be in the courtroom, huh? Uh, she read it. She said she read it on Oh, and but uh, True Lifestyles is in the courtroom, okay. and uh, True Lifestyle uh, KCL is actually, I believe, out in Salt Lake City. But she's uh, she's wow. smart. Wesley John Holmes, he's all turned around from Australia, and he's in Tokyo. He wants to know what time is it in Jacksonville? <laughs> it is nine. It is <laughs> it's nine twenty one a.m. Um, and look at this, Sammy B echoing Tim Jansen, Maximum Morphonius and the Thigh, extraordinary. That, that was, I mean, that's straight out of a, and, and, straight out of a and movie. And it's funny, the son, he um, he was a defense lawyer, then he became a prosecutor, and he would laugh about his mom and talk about his mom on the bench. He would tell that story. It was funny. Hmm. Space Coast. Oh, Core TV is not taking it yet either. Again, we are watching the pool feed. Uh, for all the media, and it is pretty obvious that uh, that uh, they're not taking this hearing yet. And here we go, some more information from True Lifestyles. The drama is building here on a Friday <laughs> morning. Uh, it is 9.20 in Jacksonville. I don't know what time it is in Tokyo. Uh, Wesley John Holmes, let me know what time it is in Tokyo. But in Jacksonville, it's 9.20. And I have not seen Jose Baez yet. So uh, there you, you know go. what this Meg reminds Bruno. me, Joel? This reminds mm. me of the Scopes Monkey Trial, right? You remember <laughs> that? Did you watch that? Jose Baez yeah. is the, the character. Was it? it was uh, Marbury versus, <laughs> but um, and one was a religious zealot, and Spencer Tracy played the lawyer, right? Yeah. What was the play? I'm blanking on. It what was, was there was a professor play. that was teaching Darwinism, right? And they were, yeah. they were prosecuting him for teaching Darwin that the man was made. Yeah. But it has that feel, Jose yeah, but there's a play. the courtroom. It's going to have that feel of a sideshow, you know? It's, I, I, I'm excited to see <laughs> Jose in court. I've never really seen him do anything, and I'm curious to analyze his tactics in court. Uh, Meg P, gifting these memberships, and... Uh... 5.22 p.m. in France for all those who are keeping tabs. I uh, was in Paris this summer. Love it. Um, by the way, Lupin, L-U-P-I-N, one of the best shows you'll ever see. Uh, it's on Netflix. Love that. There it is. Inherit the Wind. That Omar was the name Sy, of the, the lead character. Inherit the Inherit Wind. Inherit the Wind, yes. And I was in, to watch Yeah, we had that. Trial. Yeah, it Inherit the Wind. Um, look at this. I work for Judge Crush, who is called the Crusher. I never knew this about uh, until today. Yeah. I never knew that judges had these names. Um, Iceland is in the house here. Um, this is a funny comment. Annabelle Stealth. I wonder if Casey Anthony is there to support Jose Baez. 
Uh, Tim Jansen, uh, before we get to Jose Baez, look at this. Helen Manchers is in South Africa. She wants to know how your ribs are much better. My shoulder is problematic, but the ribs are good. Thank you, Helen. Mm. Yvonne Matson, St. August here. Uh, I don't know if that's St. Augustine. Uh, inherit the wind. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Uh, here's a comment. Did you see the Casey Anthony case? It says Jose Baez is slime. Let me ask you this. That, I mean, he's, a, he's an effective attorney. You can call him names, that's for sure. But uh, he got her an acquittal. So as a defense attorney, uh, a lot of people have an issue with that when they feel that someone is unbelievably guilty to have someone defend them. Well, um, let me tell is, you, I had a funny that's story. That's the way the justice system works. I had a funny story because sometimes you get in cases and Sometimes you don't realize the side you're on and you realize at the end, you may not be on the most popular side. And it was an injunction case. And I represented my client. And um, so the wife of the ex-girlfriends came up to me and saw me at a party months later and kind of attacked me, not physically, but said, how do you sleep at night? You're the biggest scumbag in the world, blah, 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 blah. And and the whole reason she was mad at me because she wanted an injunction, right? And during the time period of the injunction, she was sending personal texts to my client about how she liked when he was inside of her private area, right? So mm -hmm. they're supposed to be apart. And so I went up to her before the hearing. I said, listen, if we have this hearing, I'm going to introduce these text messages. Because why would you do that? I said, well, because they're during the time frame of the injunction. She goes, well, you're a piece of shit. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Maybe we can just work this out. And she dropped it. And then she accosted me and told me all this thing. And when, you know, it was like six months later, her daughter got arrested and she was in my office hiring me to represent her daughter. So um, sometimes they get mad at you, but then when they realize they need a lawyer, they'll come back and represent you. Well, if anybody finds himself in that situation where they need a defense attorney, I'm calling Tim Jansen. A lot of people, uh, others are. I'm looking at Sonny Slaughter on Court TV. I'm looking at the Jacksonville station. And so far, nothing. And you heard uh, KCL and True Lifestyles tell us that uh, Jose Baez is nowhere to be seen. Uh, I hope you remember that his clients got a court date today. Charlotte Perkin, Lupin is a great show. It's a, it's a phenomenal show. If you haven't seen it, uh, you need to uh, tune in uh, to Netflix and check it out. Uh, look at this. I don't mind if court is late. I'll hang out with this community and Joel and Tim anytime. Thank you. Uh, you haven't seen Windsor yet. That's Tim's dog. You've heard <laughs> Ethel's calm down for some reason. I don't know why, but we can't get through an episode without a barking. Germany's in the house. We've got, uh, I saw Finland is in the house. Uh, Tokyo. Uh, so we've got it all covered here. Joel, did um, I tell you they're flying me to New York to do? I, you know what? I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. yeah. Tell us what, what's going on with that. So uh, Nancy Grace wants me to come on the show live studio to talk about the Markel case. And um, I was really hesitant not to fly because of my ribs and lung because of all the things, but they mm -hmm. really wanted me to come in studio. And so they're going to fly me up, I think, tomorrow. And we're going to talk about the uh, Adelson case and really more about Donna and the consciousness of guilt. They, um, they read my article. Um, it's funny. They reached out to Georgia and Georgia couldn't talk. 
and Georgia recommended that they uh, contact me, <laughs> which I think was flattering that Georgia would say uh, to contact me. So I'm going to be doing that. I think it's going to air on Wednesday. Um, and I can't remember the show. It's on Identity Channel or something. Um, yeah, investigation ID. So it's going to be, yeah. a, It's is it about the Adelson trials, about Charlie's yes. trial? It's about Donna. They're going to talk about the trial and Donna. And Donna, and, and, when are, and when are you recording it? Recording it Monday at 9.30, and then it's going to air on Wednesday. There you go, everyone. So if you missed that, Tim Jansen being flown up uh, by Nancy Grace to talk about Donna Adelson. And uh, look at this. My friend Ruthless is in the house, and she says Tim is so saucy. I will take that as a compliment, Tim. I, I apologize um, if that was saucy, Ruth. Um <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that. List. So uh, that's that's <laughs> um Tiffany in the house. She's last time I saw Tiffany, she was in Mexico. So this is obviously uh running quite late. Uh True Lifestyle says I have to turn off my phone. This is way different than Tallahassee. I have to tell you, uh, I've been in a lot of courtrooms, but in Tallahassee it was yeah, um it was pretty yeah, it was well, it was very punctual. I mean, he was he ran that courtroom like a smooth machine. Um, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And Tim, no uh no shade on you. I've tried watching Nancy Grace. I prefer STS. Who doesn't? STS is more fun. There you go. So, but Tim Tim's doing both. Um H2O man says Tim Jansen, so glad you're being recognized for all your hard work and knowledge. And uh it's coming in here. So uh, we are keeping all this, obviously, uh, we're, we're keeping tabs on it to see what's going on. This is running extraordinarily late. We've been talking for uh, the better part of 45 minutes. Uh, this is true that we have a secondary community of STS dogs. There's no doubt about that. Just getting into some of the details of the case. So for those who don't know it that well, Jared Bridegan, he was, uh, when he was gunned down, Obviously, just not even in the prime of his life yet, getting there. Uh, Microsoft executive, good-looking, handsome guy. Not that that matters, but he was. There uh, of four. And he had twins, um, Liam and Abby, with uh, Shanna Gardner. And that was the really the, the crux of this entire uh, matter. And, and what people say is the motive behind the murder is this custody case. Tim Jansen, why, in your opinion, psychologist? It was really interesting. We had psychologists on last night, but in your opinion, from a, a you know legal perspective, why is it that people just seem to lose their minds when it comes to uh, custody cases and family court? Well, you know, it, it's just personal, right? Um, it's not really fighting about the money. Sometimes it's the money, but it's about the kids. It's about control. And it's about pets. You know, we love our pets. We love our kids. Um, but people do irrational things in civil divorce custody cases. How many people you know get divorced and it's a good divorce? And if you have kids, it's a horrible divorce because kids are always a victim in divorces, right? Um, I don't know why. And I think it becomes personal. And that's why it gets so violent and so extreme. And we're seeing it in these murders. You can get divorced, and these people are divorced for a while, and then they feel like they have to commit a murder. And they're so 
confident that they think they can get away with it. I'm sorry. You know, the, the psychologists were saying that, because I was like, how do you do this to the kids? And they were saying, and by the way, we're still, we're watching Court TV and we're watching the Jacksonville station, still nothing. Um, who knows? Maybe there'll be no shows today and you'll just listen to talk about this or about Winchester. But um, KCL <laughs> chiming back in here. I've heard Judge uh, London Kite runs a tight ship. I've heard that as well. So it doesn't surprise me too much that she's not allowing phones. And with Jose Baez on the case, I'm sure it adds that much more intrigue. I'll say this. Uh, the Charlie Adelson trial, you could bring in phones and you could text. You could do a lot uh, at right. one point when I want to, you know, someone got in trouble because her phone rang. And then the next day it was Ruth Markell of all people. Her Apple watch went off and the bailiffs uh, made her leave. That was um, incredibly nerve wracking. But uh, Tim, in this case, the fact that there's phones allowed at all does that lead you to believe that that might have something to do with jose baez and just the high profile nature of this case they don't want people taking pictures I, let's say or i'll, anything be, sur I'll be surprised if baez even shows up today for this preliminary hearing he might have one of the death penalty lawyers in in, in jacksonville show up it's it's kind of a minor hearing tell you the truth um but yeah, in federal court, normally people cannot bring in phones. Good morning, everyone. Please stay muted. If you keep on muting yourself, you will be moved back into the waiting room. Thank you. Uh, so that is, they're not talking to us. Okay. People in the courtroom. Uh, you are seeing a live shot of the courtroom in Duval County in Jacksonville, Florida, waiting Free right. trial hearing for Shanna Gardner and their co-defendant, Mario Fernandez Saldana. Uh, yep. Judge Kite is not in the courtroom yet, but you imagine she will be there. Um, I actually spoke to um, the court yesterday, and they were telling me that this is basically uh, what they use. This courtroom has two different um, areas, two different jury boxes. They have one on either side of the courtroom, and the media sets up in one they use these again for high profile cases it's what they call a show court for uh for for that's what he was saying for high profile cases like this uh even told me that they've filmed some shows and movies in this particular courtroom uh, that, you see that, is that bias standing there is that bias can you tell uh i can't tell in the back there yeah next to the doesn't look maybe not like it. it's too hard it's too hard for me to make out from here but uh you can see so Joe, uh, this, this is the clerk sitting right down the bottom she's okay. going through the whole docket shows you that there's many cases on the docket she's going to go through them check them off make sure the judge goes over each one so normally if you have a high profile case with a camera they'll take that case out of order to get the camera out here's the judge here she goes all right, all right so let's listen in for a moment here
It looks like Baez. Uh, just so you know, that audio is coming in from their end, and I know it's driving Space Coast crazy because he's an audiophile. Uh, Tim Jansen, yeah. one of the issues in the uh, Adelson now was can you bring in the divorce file of Dan Markell and Wendy Adelson? Yeah. Um, Mish Cavernos here pointing out that there was 300 yeah, motions in their the divorce state. file. Shanna Gardner, number 13. Yep, here it goes. Here we go. Here's the defendant, Shanna Gardner. There's Baez, right? He looks to be right next to her. Good morning. He looks like a young Light gray suit. All right, let's take a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, for the last time, please stay muted. If you do not stay muted, you will be removed from the courtroom. I'm putting that person in the waiting room. All right, it's the same person. All right, you may proceed. Morning, Arnold. Here on Ms. Gardner's case, the state has provided discovery to Mr. Baez this morning. Um, we're just going to ask for a past date. Yes, uh, we have received the discovery, and uh, which consists of a thumb drive, and in addition to that, an um, uh, external hard drive as well. I, I, of course, we haven't reviewed the contents of it. There is one thing I think that the court should be aware of um, since we had the issue, the next point issue, come up. It was this. It was immediately shut down, so we were not. We did not have access to to further discovery post the the date of it being shut down. What is that date? I believe it was November fifteenth, Your Honor. Okay. So essentially, we tried to get through as much as we could, and that's just basically to give uh, the court uh, an idea of where we're at in the, in the discovery review. Not that. I think the court thought we would go through all of it in this time, but um, just there was a hard stop date is basically all I can say. Uh, but fortunately, we'll be able to take this back and start up again. Okay, so it's today that you got the external hard drive? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And then I've also, um, I've been handed a form titled Unlimited Waiver Speedy Trial. Um, have you gone over this with your client? Yes, we have. Okay. If you could please place Ms. Gardner under oath. So she's waiving speedy trial. I do. I do. All right. Thank you. Good morning. Morning. I've been handed a form that's titled Unlimited Waiver Speedy Trial. Have you gone over this form with your attorney? Yes, Your Honor. Okay. And it has your signature on it. Did you sign it indicating that you have, in fact, gone over this with your lawyer? Yes, Your Honor. The form indicates um, that you've reviewed both the advantages and disadvantages of waiving, waiving speedy trial. Is that true? Yes, Your Honor. Okay. And has anyone threatened you or coerced you to get you to waive speedy trial? No, ma'am. Promised you anything? No, ma'am. Okay. I will find that the waiver of speedy trial is freely and voluntarily entered. Um, I'm signing the form now. Um, due to some of the, the amount of discovery, and uh, the additional issue in the Fernandez case, my intent is to place this case um, at the last week of January um, so that I can um, have the hearings necessary in the Fernandez case. So we discussed in chambers the February 2nd date. Is, is that clear for all sides? Yes, Your Honor. Yes. Okay. 
then we'll use that date and I'll come back um, for pre-trial. So it'll be February 2nd, that's a Friday, 9 a.m. And that's for pre-trial. Okay, so anything else we need yes, to take up? The defense filed a motion at docket line 38. The state has no opposition to that motion for grand jury testimony. Yes. Thank you. Hey, Joel, I can't tell. Is she in street right. clothes? Based on the motion and it's unopposed, Anna? this court is going to sign the order granting defendant's motion to disclose uh, grand jury testimony. All right. Thank you for that reminder. Anything else? Not from the state, Your Honor. All right. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you, Judge. Yeah, she's in street clothes, which shocks me, because she's in custody. And normally, unless you're going to a jury selection, you come in in, in, in jail garb. I'm surprised how they let that happen. I had myself muted. Why do you think that is, Number Tim? Nine, that is unusual. See, look, look at this guy. Mm -hmm. He comes. Yeah. He's, in, he's in jail garb. Okay, so this is, is the co-defendant, Mario Fernandez-Saldana. Let's look at this. here with my co-counsel, Mr. Hill, and lead death penalty counsel, Mr. Tassoni. Uh, <clears throat> from a housekeeping perspective, uh, we also... Given the next point issues, we brought uh, the state this morning a 10 terabyte uh, external drive so that they could download as much as 10 terabytes of data that they can onto that hard drive so that we don't need to use next point anymore. Uh, we have downloaded some discovery, so it's not as if we've been in a total standstill since the filing of our motion, which shut down next point. Uh, but I don't know how long that will take uh, for them to get everything uploaded onto that, but I assume uh, in short order. Uh, in addition, they did hand us a thumb drive of ATF records this morning, which we haven't reviewed, uh, but it was given to us uh, prior to court this morning. And then in addition, I, I believe there's a number of terabytes of poll camera footage that was downloaded onto an external hard drive that uh, believe, if I understood the state correctly, took like a month to download onto this external. So it was handed to Mr. Baez uh, and myself and both of our teams and with the idea of review it, trade it off, figure out a way to download it. And Mr. Baez uh, and I agreed that we would do that. I have it in my possession now and I'll try to figure out a way to get him a copy or just hand that over to him in short, it, whenever we've had a chance to review it. Okay. And then um, the defense has, on Mr. Fernandez's behalf, filed a motion to disqualify um, the Fourth Judicial Circuit 
Office of the State Attorney um, related to some matters on that next point, correct? Yes, ma'am, we have. All right, Still and then the state's response as well. The state um, has recently filed, which this court has reviewed um, the defense motion in addition to the state's response to that motion. Um, and if you all, my understanding is there is an agreement related to a number of the emails um, that the state is conceding that that would be attorney-client privilege. Yes, Your Honor. In our written response and conversations with Mr. Dreiser and Your Honor in Chambers, there are emails he's referenced. We concede those are attorney-client privileged emails. The state has not reviewed them. Law enforcement has not reviewed them. I provided Mr. Dreiser this morning with reports from NextPoint showing that those emails were never read, opened, or accessed by anyone from the state attorney's office or law enforcement. Additionally, I provided him a report from the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office Computer Forensics Investigation Unit. They did a forensic examination of the Jacksonville Beach Police Department computer. That report also indicates that the email folder that contains those privileged documents was never opened, accessed, or read by anyone in law enforcement or the state attorney's office. You can see they're privileged. Our position is we did not read them. All right. But there is, there's one contested document, correct? Or one contested document that the defense is saying it was attached to an email, correct? Yes, but to respond, they may have provided that information to us this morning. We haven't reviewed any of that. That Those emails that they concede are attorney-client privilege were uploaded to Next Point by the state's own admission. They have been uh, able to be accessed at a minimum by anyone at Next Point, by law enforcement, and by the state attorney's office. I'm not prepared to respond today as to whether anyone saw it or didn't see it. I, I don't know that. Uh, but to answer your your question, yes, there's one document that they intend on using, but uh, that they've read and they've reviewed, and, and the court uh, and defense and the state discussed in chambers this morning, and I think that's what is really the crux of what the next step is going to be. Okay. Um, so you're going to take time to review what they've given you this morning? Yes, and then uh, I would like to come back in short order, perhaps next week, and and respond to what we discussed previously as to whether or not uh, an independent or neutral magistrate uh, appointed by the chief judge should have a hearing as to whether the one document they do intend on using is privileged and work product communication. Okay. And so, and just for the record, I, I want to put this court's reasoning um, on the record for, so the court offered, um, and Mr. Fernandez, you should know, okay, um, that this court uh, takes the privilege um, that you have between your attorneys extremely seriously, all right? Um, that is a veil that cannot ever be lifted unless and until you decide, okay? Um, so this is the offer that I have told um, both the state and your lawyers, and I'm telling you directly um, that the offer from this court is a layered approach um, to shield this court from any information that I am not entitled to. Um, so the offer to your attorneys is for this court to refer um, just the in-camera review of the contested information slash documents. Um, my understanding is the state is conceding a number of those. However, there's one 
document that I have no knowledge of, okay? I can keep it that way by um, having the chief judge appoint a independent circuit judge to conduct the in-camera hearing um, the way in which that judge would see fit. I would then would get an order based on that hearing from that court and I would conduct the hearing of the disqualification, accepting the findings of whether that is in fact attorney-client privilege or not without this court receiving the information that's contained within that document. Um, therefore, shielding this court from any uh, potential of information that I'm not entitled to. Okay, so you can hear it directly from me. Your attorneys will discuss it with you further. Um, and based on, I guess, the new information that's been provided to you this morning, additionally, um, maybe it changes your position, maybe it doesn't. Um, and then you all can talk about it, whether um, the defense feels comfortable agreeing that I would just conduct the hearing on the disqualification without the in-camera review, or if you're requesting an in-camera review, that would be this court's um, course of action, essentially, like if you wanted to have someone independent. Does that make sense? Yes, ma'am, which very may well be dispositive as to whether the second your hearing of disqualification would even take place, depending on what the court, the independent uh, circuit court judge found. I mean, I can see- I don't think it dispenses with the issue that you brought um, because it's an access issue at that point in time. I could conduct that without, I could conduct that portion without getting into the substance in which I don't, I want to avoid getting into the substance of something I may or may not be able to, but I think the issues raised, it has to be of record. It has to be litigated because you're asking for that remedy. Um, the, the 66 emails, I don't think that one document necessarily is dispositive of the hearing that I would conduct is my understanding because you all are still alleging that they it's uploaded into some cloud so um, what I'm trying to resolve is what you all can't agree on without me having access to information that I'm not entitled to all right so I will see you all back December 11th 9 a.m. for pretrial um, that'll give both sides um, time to review slash talk see if it changes any position on either side um, and you can let me know where you want to go from there and that's right that's all we have today maybe we be excused yes thank you have all right see you Monday um well next Monday yes, thank you thank you your honor thank you May we next address the case of uh, Abdul Ayub, number one on the court's calendar? And uh, that's it for uh, Gardner Fernandez. Is that right, Tim?
Yeah, that looks like it's it. That's it. Uh, I'm going to remove. There you go. Uh, look at this. Before we get going, greetings from Edison, New Jersey. Love when you have Tim on as a best guest. My backyard was Edison, New Jersey. I grew up in Highland Park, New Jersey. Neighbors. And then look at this comment, Tim. Just joined the group. Love watching you guys. It's a small world when you grew up in East Brunswick, New Jersey. That's where I played tennis with the Menendez brothers. And you reside in Highland Park. That is my hometown. Uh, this is quite amazing. A small world. Tim Jansen. So uh, we just saw two defendants, mm -hmm. Shanna Gardner and Mario Fernandez Saldana. Um, Shanna Gardner is up first, a woman of privilege. Her parents reportedly have a company that uh, makes about $100 million in revenue a year. I have not confirmed that, but either way you cut it, comes from a very wealthy family. Judge London Kite residing over this. You pointed out, She's in street clothes. The other defendant, her co-defendant, is in a prison jumpsuit. Everyone in the chat said that is a Jose Baez move. Yep. That he worked some magic. Do you agree with that, Tim? Yeah, he's playing He's playing to the audience, potential jury pool, playing to the media, knowing that it's going to be on TV. She looks doesn't look like a defendant, right, because she's in street clothes compared to the other people. Um, he probably had clothes brought in, allowed her to change, asked the judge to let her change. Um, Mario didn't get that advantage. Um, and it is kind of uh, inappropriate to have one. And it does look like she's getting special treatment that most defendants do not get when they're in custody. How? You know, Charlie never got that when he was. Well, how? How is that possible? How yeah, I but how does, how does Baez work that? Well, he meets with the marshals and says, hey, I got clothes for her to change into. Can I drop them off? And can you let her change into them? And maybe the state didn't know. Maybe the state should say, hey, judge, we don't believe it's appropriate for her to be changing clothes. Uh, it's a security risk or some reason. Uh, it's not fair that the other defendant who's got the same charges, no bond, should have to come in his outfit. Um, we'll see what they do. We'll see if anybody says anything. Uh, Tim Jansen, I know you're not a psychologist, but KCL with this important information here, a lot of people said, whoa, is that her husband, uh, that guy? Because yeah. she was married to Jared Bridegan, a very good-looking, fit, big Microsoft executive. People are like, wow, she really traded down, uh, and they wanted to know if she was, in fact, married, KCL. Uh, they've been married, Mario and Shanna, since 2018, but are now separated since July of 2022. Uh, my theory is Shanna kicked Mario out once the pickup was identified at Henry Tenens. That is the vehicle. Um, a lot of people here, Tim, say that she probably used this guy mm -hmm. uh, to get rid of the husband. But then other people say Jose Baez is going to see, you know, red meat in the proverbial shark waters. And he's going to say this guy was jealous. They were getting back together. And that's why he went out and killed um, Jared Bridegan. Is there anything that, you know, that Jose Baez wouldn't throw at the jurors to, to free his client, including that? Well, apparently not. And that's the link that they have to tie. And it doesn't appear that he's given any kind of proffer or they've offered any plea to Mario. You heard the lawyers. They're trying to kick off this prosecution team. And they're trying to get it the whole office recused. Um, so it doesn't look like they're cozying up and got a deal for Mario to testify against Shanna. 
at this point. And the judge has taken the extraordinary step of bringing in the chief judge to look at something because she doesn't want to get off this case. She doesn't want to be recused because she's seen some attorney-client information also. So she's trying to make sure she stays on the case by having the chief judge look at something that they can't later claim she's biased in any way. And apparently she's a, been a prosecutor for 17 years. They probably would like a better, a different judge with a different background um, rather than a prosecutor for 17 years be the judge in this case. Uh, Venus Gal here, nervous and full of ums. Uh, she's talking about me. No, she's not talking about me. She's talking about Judge Kite, but it would fit me as well. Probably a good judge. Don't know, but noticeable. Let me ask you, Tim, when you're a judge, and she seems to be a very experienced judge, but you know you have a high-profile attorney uh, yeah. coming in there, yeah. does it does it wrangle the nerves of the judge potentially? I think I think you're right. I think the high-profile nature of the case, television, no judge wants to be like Judge Ito, right? They want to ruin their career and look like they were, you know, a paper sack. Um, the question's going to be is who's going to assert the influence? When is she going to let Judge Baez know this is my courtroom? She was very deferential to him today. He was deferential. So some of the things that was going on with Discovery you may not have understood. So they send you this Discovery and it comes on the computer. But it, it's got a the, the computer, it's got a timeout on it. You got to download it within a certain time or it, it closes. And I think it's a protection thing. And it's a pain in the ass, to tell you the truth. If it gets there and you don't get it all done, then you got to redo it all. So what they were doing is getting the state to give them hard drives so they don't have to deal with that time, getting timed out because it's so much volume. Um, I hate it because I'm not technologically that savvy. Um, I like the old school where you get the, the discovery, it's papers. Um, but it, it is complicated, and you got to have good staff that can get it. Um, and if it's a, a lot of documents, um, it can be a problem downloading fast enough before you get timed out. Um, and the limited waiver, what that meant was limited waiver of speedy. Limited means she can always at a later point file a motion for speedy trial saying, I'm ready. I want my trial within 60 days. She can. So it's yeah. uh, there's a stopgap measure in there. Uh, hey, Joe, let's go. My first time watching live court feed with you, Joel and Tim. Looking forward to seeing more. We're going to be doing more of these. Uh, we're going to follow this case. So, Tim, uh, again, you just brought it up. Uh, waving the speedy trial. Uh, Jose Baez talking about how he received discovery in the form of, I guess, a thumb drive and an external hard drive. Right. Then the judge put uh, the judge put Shanna Gardner under oath. Why did she wait uh, till that point? And what, what was the reason for that? Well, she wanted so she can't come back later and say, I wanted a speedy trial. My client, my lawyer said not to. When she put her under oath, that pretty much ends that possible issue. Um, we don't do that in Tallahassee. We, we've never had them put them under oath for um, speedy trial waiver. What they will do, like they did in, in um, Charlie's case, if the defendant's going to testify or not testify, They'll take the jury out and they do an inquiry on the record, put him under oath so he can't later claim I didn't want to testify or I did. So that issue is is done. Many defendants were bringing that up saying my lawyer wouldn't let me testify or my lawyer made me testify. Um, mm -hmm. And they're going to get rid of that early.
uh, Newark, New Jersey in the house with Yankee Doodle, uh, Westchester, Pennsylvania, saw someone from there. Uh, KCL, Mario was a janitor at Shanna's CrossFit gym, which is where Shanna and Mario met. Uh, Tim, it is becoming a little more apparent to me, at least. Like, you can find love in many places. Right. Uh, but uh, the sense that I'm getting uh, viscerally is that maybe she was using this guy uh, much different <laughs> than what most people are expecting, using this guy to maybe uh, help facilitate in the murder of a guy that she apparently couldn't stand the custody you issue know, uh, with her kids. So go ahead. You know, you we, we see couples all the time and you see a couple and you look at them, you're like, oh, my God, why is she with him or why is he with her? You, you never know where love falls, how people have a relationship and it binds them together. Um, clearly, um, maybe she was just out for a physical relationship with no strings attached, no kids, and just wanted to have a younger guy to do things with and live the free life. And maybe he's a much nicer guy in person, fun, and that's what she wanted. Uh, my man, Dwayne Harris, joining us. Uh, glad to have you. Glad McSpunky's a great guy. Gifted you that membership. Uh, appreciate that. Good to have both of you. Uh, Yala here. Thought this was funny. A couple of these, Tim. Jose Baez is going to sniff out an extortion plot. Uh, he's got his defense theory algorithm chugging away. Uh, I don't think there's going to be an extortion plot right now. Um, from what I understood, uh, the next court date for Shanna Gardner sounds like it's not going to be till end of January or February, but uh, Mario Fernandez Saldana, it looks like he's coming back a week from Monday. Why is that, Tim? He's got that outstanding motion. He's got those issues, those motions to recuse the state attorney's office. The state attorney filed their response, and apparently in their response, they're saying that while it might have gone on that system, they've got affidavits from people that no one actually opened it, no one in law enforcement no one in the state attorney's office opened it, and there's no basically no reason to recuse us. Um, there appears to be one doc, one item that they believe they want to introduce into the trial um, that they believe is privileged, and that's the one they're going to have the judge look at because you're going to have to look at what it says, and you and if you rule against it coming in, then the judge already has been tainted, also. So. It looks like that is going to be resolved where the office is not going to be recused. And that one piece of evidence is going to be decided whether it's going to come in or not. But I can tell you right now, Jose's already working a defense. He's figuring out the weak part of the state's case and he's going to go full bore. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you, but uh, let's get to this comment first. Trekking 360. Ethel must see the mailman again. I'm betting Jose will talk Shanna into the battered spouse syndrome and try to blame all this on Mario. They'll claim she had no clue this would happen. Um, followed here. This is a question I haven't read yet. Tim, do you agree that it's going to be harder for Jose Baez to make up a story with all the phone data? I don't believe they had all the communications with Casey. How does digital forensics complicate it, Tim? Yeah, that, that will make a difference because, you know, when you don't have all that phone data, you can make up stories and who's got the best story and is it believable, who's the best actress. Um, I'm sure he's going to try to keep, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Do you keep Mario from flipping so he doesn't testify against her? Or do you use Mario to say Mario was jealous and he heard I was getting back and 
not getting back. I don't know how you get back when she already ma- he married someone else and had a kid with him, but claimed that he was jealous and uh, he killed him without her knowledge. Uh, Tim, we take some of this for granted because we cover it, but for Hello Shiny, uh, they'd like to know what is a speedy trial? Well, you have a right under the Constitution to have a speedy trial. You don't want to have to languish in custody without bond to wait for a trial. Uh, speedy trial means the witnesses are available. Your lawyer says, hey, I'm ready to go to trial tomorrow. I want my speedy trial. And usually they accommodate it within 60 days. Um, sometimes the state isn't ready. And sometimes the defendant gets a pretty good deal because they can't get their, their act together within 60 days. And then sometimes the state gets it ready. And your lawyer is probably ineffective because you're probably not really ready in 60 days on a death penalty case with lots of a lot of terabytes of discovery. So um, I've seen it worth both ways. Um, I've never really, I did it one time in federal court as a guise to, and it, and it didn't work out because it was 5 million documents. <laughs> and then when I later asked for a continuance, the judge was like, weren't you the one that asked for a speedy trial? <laughs> and I said, well, judge, I didn't know there was 5 million documents. <laughs> so sometimes you, you play those cards and you end up looking silly. Um, but it, that case actually ended up going trial 48 months later. Wow. Uh, Chateau Lafitte. I uh, wonder if that's to do with Russell Lafitte from the Alec Murdoch case. Who is KCL? Is she part of the show? Uh, what you got to know about STS? We are uh, the best guests in true crime, but a better community. KCL is a friend of the show and she knows this case and uh, no egos here. Uh, we cover many different cases and KCL knows this one. So she's uh, given us pertinent information. And so in a way, she is a part of the show. Someone suggested I have KCL on as a best guest. I might have to do that. Um, but she knows a lot of information and she's helping us out. We help yeah, at STS Nation. Carlos Cruel, I like the name. Uh, my favorite go-to channel, you guys are great. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Tiffany H., um, I don't know what exactly where Tiffany lives, but I know that the first time I spoke with her via chat, she was in Mexico. Um, but transactional relationship, it, it sure sort of leans uh, that way to me. Tim, uh, we sort of talked about this, but they want a brief overview of how a trial works when two defendants are being tried together. Okay, so um, it gets a little complicated. When there's multiple defendants, you get more peremptory challenges, right? So you get more because you have two defendants. And then the problem is you you both have to agree on the challenges, right? So you only get a certain amount, but then you both both teams have to agree. So you have to have some um, some work cohesiveness with the other side, even though you may not be as cohesive. Uh, the one defendant will be the main defendant, and whoever's on top will do the cross-examination first. And they'll follow that flow throughout the case. Then uh, when the case is resolved and the defense, Mario, Mario can put on his case. And then when he's done, then Shanna can put on her case. And then the jury obviously has a verdict is separate for each defendant. The verdict is just because you find one guilty doesn't mean the other's guilty. And you got to do a separate verdict for each defendant on each charge. It's cumbersome for a uh, prosecutor because you got to remember you got two defendants and you don't want to get caught focusing too much on one and and the other one looks like nothing and the jury actually acquits them. 
And I've seen that in multiple trials, big drug trials. Well, they'll have all this evidence against these people. And then there's very little against one. The lawyer doesn't ask any questions. And then the jury's like, well, they didn't end much against him. We'll let him go. <laughs> so um, sometimes you hide when you got the defendant. There's not much. You don't ask any questions. You sit there and try to disappear. Uh, Bill Davis with a super sticker kind of went over some of this. But Tim and Joel, are Shan and Mario being tried as co-defendants as of right now? They are. If not, how likely do you think each one's defense will be that the other one was behind it. Seems sort of obvious, right, that they're going to point the finger in the other direction, Tim? Possibly, and then that might be a motion to sever the trial. Well, what are the chances it gets severed, you think? I don't know um, if they have any Bruton problems. I don't know. Um, Tell us. A statement, a statement that might be admissible against problems. one. Well, you might have a statement that's admissible against one, but not admissible against the other. And if you try them together, then you have to have two juries. I think you, you remember there was a trial many years ago where they had two jurors, two separate jurors, right? Didn't they do that in Menendez? They had two yeah, separate it, jury they, boxes. I'm pretty sure they did in Menendez, yeah. And they, they introduced some evidence again, and one jury had to leave, and the other had to come in. That is really complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bruton is why the Dayball case got separated, because there was going to be information they wanted to introduce against him that was not admissible against her. And so it's a case, Bruton case, and best way to do it is to have a separate trial. Um, Sky Goddess, thank you. Love Tim and Joel. Love you right back. I uh, appreciate you watching this. KCL, we love you. I love STS. Uh, so the next court date for Shanna Gardner is February 2nd. Tim Jansen, what would we expect at that next court date? Is that what they said? February? Yeah, February 2nd. Um, yeah. So that is... All of January, that's about 40, 50 days out. Uh, the judge will then ask them, where are they in the docket? Um, is it going to be a resolution or are we going to need to set it for a trial? Are there any other legal issues that we, any pretrial? She might set deadlines for pretrial motions, um, notice of experts. Um, that's probably the next thing that will happen. I expect by February, possibly Mario might try to cut a deal. We should know soon. Um, it's funny. Here's a question. Uh, Tim, why wouldn't Mario take a deal? Seems like the best option for him. State's going to jump in to get death penalty for Shanna. Um, I guarantee you, Jose Bias's lawyer, Jose Bias is contacting Mario's lawyer to see what they're going to do and say, hey, listen, I think we can beat this. They don't have enough. You know, we need you to stay in. We're going to we're not going to point the fingers at you. You don't point the fingers at us. We'll really? do a joint defense agreement. Um, they're going to want to feel out for the other side. And, and how, how does that like? How does that work? Does Jose Bias contact them and say, sure. "Hey, let's set up a lunch," and they sit down, they go to lunch? How does it yeah. work? Well, you could call the person up. Hey, say, have you reviewed the discovery? Yeah, I reviewed the discovery. Well, I haven't had a chance to look at it. But yeah, this you, this is a good bad stuff. Um, have they offered your person a deal yet? Um, and I don't know if they're going to actually do that. Um, if they'll say, sometimes you don't say, but the key thing is, okay, we're going to have a joint defense agreement and that can be in writing or it can be verbal where you share information with the other lawyers. But if you become a possible government witness, you have to notify the other parties and that no longer, you, they're not going to share information with you and you're out. You got to notify them. Um, mm-hmm. 
And sometimes lawyers are good about it. Sometimes they're not so good about telling people when they became a government. And it leads to a lot of problems, friendships, and uh, some legal issues. Yeah. Uh, Patty R. here. If Shannon and Mario are tried together, isn't there a bigger chance of a mistrial or an acquittal, seeing that Mario hasn't yet flipped on Shanna? Um, does judge uh, does trying them together uh, create a, a, a more like the a, a better likelihood of some sort of mistrial or an acquittal? Well, you can get a mistrial because you could have so much evidence against Mario and not enough against Shanna, like they did in Magbanawa when they had. Rivera, or Garcia, right? Garcia, they had plenty of evidence. They convicted him, but they had a mistrial on Magbanawa the first time. And sometimes jurors see all that evidence on one, and they just can't come to a, a, a decision on the other. Um, they're trying them together because they want to prove there was a conspiracy, and co-conspirators should be tried together. Um, but it makes it a lot more difficult for the prosecutor. You like to be focusing all your time and attention on one defendant. And uh, look at this, Trekking360. I'm a seasoned true crime viewer on YouTube. Just found this channel last week. Glad you found us. Took you a while, Trekking, but we'll forgive you. Uh, we've been around about a year doing true crime, and I'm so impressed with the content. Uh, like Oscar Wilde said, life is too serious to be taken seriously. We take it seriously. Uh, obviously, very heavy uh, matters, but uh, we... Have fun. My mother is a Holocaust survivor, got by with some humor. So we try to infuse that into the show. Super sticker from Phantom, Buck 99. Thank you so much. Tim Jansen, um, one of the final points I want to cover, uh, the trial date for this, I talked about this with you and Monica the other night, is something like April 24th, but you and Monica said no way. No Death chance. Penalty case, no chance. So realistically, when do you see this going to trial? Um. Maybe November, December, or after 2025. Mm. Now, she's in custody, but I don't think Tim Jansen, put on your psychology. Yeah. Mm. Go ahead. Put your psychology hat on here. What in the world is going on with people resorting to murder with a child in the car? Madness. Don't people know that you will get caught and lose your liberty? I can't wrap my head around it. Tim, I mean, you you deal with defendants all the time, and this is a thing that always gets me. Why are people not thinking about the repercussions of their actions in that moment? Some are so desperate that they don't care. Some, we've gotten to a point in society, life means very little to a, a vast majority of the people. And we see it every day, the crime, the shooting, the robbing, the mo and, and going in stores and just stealing at will with no penalty. Uh, when people aren't going to be penalized or brought to justice, they feel entitled to commit crimes. Um, and I, lack of supervision, parenthood, fatherhood, and the communities, just crime is rampant. Um, and, but you know, these people, the Adelsons and these people are affluent people. It's not like they're living on the, the dregs of society if they have no other ways. They just feel like they can, they can control, manipulate the lesser people to take out and fix problems that they consider problems. And the, killing people is what they believe is fixing a problem. Hmm. Uh, true lifestyles. Media is not sure when the trial is going to happen, but they do not think there will be a new uh, prosecution yeah. team. There you go. SRA with a funny comment. OMG 2025. 
why not next week? I'm free. We could talk to him. Uh, Tim's not going to like this one here. Uh, rumor is that Jose Baez's retainer is 200000 a month. The Gardeners are going to be shelling out some major money if this doesn't go to trial until 2025. Does that sound about right, Tim? Yes. You can, that's what he was billing Epstein, right? He got a two, he was billing 200000 a month. And then he got like $2 million and he wanted money back. So if he's getting two hundred thousand a month, this trial is not going to twenty twenty six. You know <laughs> why? Why would you cut that retainer off? I got so much preparation. I'm not sure of our defense. <laughs> Tim, what is first of all? Break this down for me. How many hours of his day is he working on this case? Well, he might not himself be but he's got other people. He might be working four or five hours a day on it. I doubt he's working that much on it. It's a murder case. It's not like it's a, a document case where you got to look at millions of documents, right? Um, but, you know, he's gotten that reputation. you got a family that's got a their little daughter in there, in there looking at the death penalty. They got money. They're willing to pay. He's willing to work. So if they're going to give him 200000 a month, I guarantee he's not going to ask for a speedy trial. There's no way. Why would you do that? Uh, always looking out for the best interest of your client. <laughs> Tim Jansen, let me ask you this. Um, I'm telling you yeah. reality and not telling you what you should do. Yeah, no, exactly. That is a reality and money makes the world go around. It's a sad reality. But again, you saw some of the effectiveness of it today because Shanna Gardner was in street clothes and the other defendant, uh, Mario Fernandez Aldana, was in... Um, the jumpsuit from prison, from a jail. So uh, goes to show you that. But, you know, this is a dumb question. Jose Baez, he, he wanted this case badly, according to reports. Yep. Is it, is it because he knew that the parents are incredibly wealthy or is it because it was so high profile? How much of it is ego and how much of it is money? It's both. And I think he think he has a chance to win. He has a chance to get on the biggest stage again. He has a chance to get paid a lot of money. And he has a chance to win. What more would he want? Right? Yeah. And, and what? Hey, I mean, people out there are going to say he's a, he was a, he's a horrible person. He's taking advantage. He's slimy, all these things. What do you say in response to him, Jensen? Because people probably said some of that about you because you're a criminal defense attorney. What do you say? Oh, yeah. I, I've had that before. Um, really, everybody. I don't care who you are. You're entitled to a lawyer and you're entitled to have a just defense. You committed a crime, the, the system will convict you. If you didn't commit a crime, then a good lawyer will protect the innocent from being convicted. Um, the most popular defendants are the ones that need the lawyers the most, right? We don't want mob rule to rule in our society. You get people that can convict it not because of what they did, because how they're perceived. Um, and you hope that the lawyers are doing it because they're making sure that if they're convicted, that they had a defense, a good defense, and the prosecution won the case. Hmm. Uh, good defense attorneys are usually hated, I've noticed. That's an interesting comment. <laughs> That's uh, true, Megan. Very true. <laughs> Yala says he has no chance, Jansen. He got lucky with Anthony because of the facts of the case. Uh, Tim Jansen, what about the fact? What if he's getting $200,000 a month? This doesn't happen until 2025. Yep. Goes to trial and she gets convicted after three hours, like Charlie Adelson. He doesn't have to give any of that money back, does he? 
No, he's already won. He's made $2 million and he defended <laughs> his client and he put on a, a fence and she's going to be happy with it. And the jury decided, um, yeah. you know, you hate to say people do things for money, right? But then you got mm-hmm. plastic surgeons out there, right? How many of those plastic surgeons are out there doing it because uh, it's healthy for the people or because it just makes the people look better and they're making a lot of money, you know? Um, people go into plastic surgery, doctors, for the money. That's why they do it, for the money. Um, mm. uh, Anna, Annabelle Stealth says it well here. Uh, money can't buy me love, but it will pay for justice. Maybe. Maybe in America. No. Um, that is the sad reality of the word, world we live in. People who are uh, privileged and have money uh, probably have bet. Look at O.J. Simpson. He had the dream team. And look at uh, look at that. Wesley John Holmes telling telling us no refund policy. Uh, Jose Bias has a no refund policy. So there. You know, so most, uh, most retainers are like we, that. We uh, just yeah. you know most makes most, sense. Most lawyers' retainer policy is no refund because you know they get in the case and then they lose. They want all their money back. Well. What lawyer is going to take their case if you're always going to have to give money back because your client loses? Clients lose. That's what happens. Yep. Uh, Melanie Peterson found you guys. Love it. Love you. Thank you for joining us. Um, maybe he'll use this line. Maybe Jose Baez will use this line. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Uh, you never know. You never know if he will use that line. Jansen, always a pleasure. When are you flying out? I think I'm flying out tomorrow. I'm waiting for them. I asked them, I'm not, I said, I'm not going to fly coach, am I? And they said, oh, we, it's time to talk. And you're going to have to fly coach. <laughs> so I don't know. They're, they're supposed to let me know. I don't know. I'll uh, let you know. You let me know. And uh, next week, by the way, uh, by the way, by the way, uh, coming back today, 5 p.m. Eastern time with this shaky Wi-Fi, we're going to have uh, – Great Scott, it's your true crime, Phil. We're going to talk about Asa Ellerip and the Long Island serial killer case. Her DNA found on some of the victims. We're going to do what, if anything, that means and a couple of other interesting true crime stories of the week. That's at 5 p.m. Eastern time and slated for Monday. Not sure if Tim can make this, but he's on the thumbnail as of right now. Uh, we've got the lawyer you know, Peter Tragos, the lawyer you know, and John Singer scheduled for uh, seven 7 p.m. And uh, that's all you need to know. Can you please have him come back on? Let us know exactly uh, what the show is called with Nancy Grace. I really don't want to miss it. It's going to be on Wednesday night on Investigation Discovery. We will let you know. Yeah. STS rocks. There was one more last thing here that I saw. Uh, oh. Phantom says, where'd it go? Ask for first class five-star hotel. Take nothing less. That's what I was what saying. I that's what I was saying. I hope I'm at the Motel Six somewhere. Yeah, there ain't there ain't no Motel Six in Manhattan, and if there is, it's gonna be six hundred bucks a night, and they won't leave the light on for you. But they're they're giving me a driver. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. All right, everyone. We'll see you back at five p.m. Eastern time. Until then, love you, America. Love you, Tim Ganson. Love you, Tallahassee. Until next time, five o'clock tonight. Final seconds of the game, a chance to score and... 
the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.